Welcome to the SIPE Show. SIPE, Saskatchewan Young Professionals and Entrepreneurs, is exactly who we'll feature as we aim to connect, engage, and inspire our listeners. Here's your host, SIPE board member, owner of Sick Picks Productions, and proud Saskatchewan ambassador, Chris Sikorsky. Welcome back, SIPE enthusiasts. We got a banger today, episode four. But first, we want to send some love to Road Coffee for partnering with the show. Road Coffee, more than a great cup of coffee. Each cup of Road Coffee helps small shareholder coffee farmers take important steps towards independence and freedom. Big thanks to Alicia and the team at Road Coffee, a Saskatchewan-based biz, absolutely killing it out there and creating a really tasty product. So let's get after it. Our guest today is Ashlyn George. She's an award-winning travel writer, photographer, content creator, and speaker from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. She's the go-to travel and adventure expert in Saskatchewan and has even been featured in the New York Times. Ashlyn is a passionate outdoor and adventure traveler. Her love of discovering new things and sharing it with others led to the launch of her blog, The Lost Girl's Guide to Finding the World. With more than 70,000 engaged followers and readers, her social media channels educate and inspire others to explore their world in search of adventure. Today, Ashlyn travels and crafts content for magazines, tourism boards, and also partners with national companies like the NFL, Air Miles, McDonald's, and Ford to creatively share their messaging through her social media channels. All this while calling Saskatchewan home. So stoked to bring on Ashlyn, influencing before it was cool. It's gonna be a trip, so buckle up. It's The Sipe Show, episode four with Ashlyn George. Welcome to the show. How you been? Thank you. I'm so excited to sit here and chat with you. This is so great. Welcome. Uh, How's your summer? It's been pretty good. Feels good to get back out there adventuring, doing all of that. Absolutely. So maybe for those, you know what? First thing though, we'd like to, this is a new tradition on the show. So we're going to offer you here a little gift from our sponsors for hanging out with us tonight. So Uh, A little treat from Road Coffee and Alicia and the team, so we can dig in our little tickle trunk here. Very cool. I'm excited to see what's in here. You know, I've heard really wonderful things about their coffee and how they ethically source it all, so I am very excited about this. It's a really cool brand. We've been able to see Alicia and the team grow for years now, and I think that's just it, right? Their story working with... Um, you know, the local farmers in South America is is really, really cool. So, and a French press, so. Yes, I love this. And I've spent quite a bit of time in South America too. So I see this is Brazilian Ooh. and Colombian. I spent some time in Colombia. So you very, very cool. a story from almost every inch of this planet, which is really cool. Something we'll talk about today. So uh, maybe for our listeners, those who don't know, uh, maybe talk a little bit about your background and maybe what's brought you to this point. Gosh, yeah. Okay, where to start? I guess, so I am a travel writer and content creator. Um, I do traditional travel writing, but then I also have my social media channels. Um, So I do all of that in my blog and website. And I guess I just started traveling the world after university. My philosophy was if I could spend five years learning in an institution, getting a couple degrees, I could spend five years learning in the world. In the school of life. Exactly. Both equally important and amazing just different ways of learning. So it was it was really incredible. Very cool. Do you have, 
Uh, I guess maybe if we back it up, uh, you went through school, you you have two degrees, which is really awesome. Uh, and, you know, so did, did that younger Ashlyn, I mean, see yourself traveling the world? I mean, it, I imagine it's a bit of a zigzag path uh, to get to where you are today, but maybe let's back it up. Uh, U of S and you're, you're studying arts and education. Yeah. So I actually entered university. I always wanted to be an emergency room doctor. Still kind oh, of no want way. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think just it, attracted to chaos, hey? A little bit. High-paced environments, right? <laughs> yeah. The unknown and just kind of those those situations that push your limits a bit, I thrive in. That's it can great. be stressful, but I thrive in it. So, um, yeah, went through university. Didn't I've been a jack-of-all-trades my entire life. I love so many things. It's hard to pick just one thing. And once I decided I didn't want to go the medicine route, I was kind of at a loss for what to do. And I love biology. I love writing. And I was literally split 50-50 between whether I should get a bio degree or an English degree. And I didn't want to do another math class. So I went with the English degree because I love reading books and writing essays didn't seem to be too bad. And then um, kind of that led into an education degree because I grew up, you know, teaching dance and doing lots Mm. of sports and activities. And I just it was a natural fit. And I guess that's kind of where where I've ended up. But I've actually never taught in a traditional high school since I got my degree. (laughs) I've just taught in other ways, I guess. Okay, so you wrap up university and it's like we're going to hit the road, do a gap year kind of thing. Is that what kicked off some of your travels? A little bit. So I wasn't ready to settle down in a traditional job. Actually, the summer between finishing university and before I started traveling, um, I had a job interview fall into my lap. So there was a teacher who was also a professor at the university, and she's like, I found the perfect outdoor teaching job for you. I've talked to the principal. All what you need to do is call him and, and go for the interview. Like, you still have to earn the position. For sure. And so I went to the interview, and when I walked out of it, it, it went well. Like, there was nothing wrong with it. But when I went when I walked out of it, I was kind of like, please don't give me the job <laughs> because if you offer it to me, I don't and know if I'd be able to say no to have it. have to take it. Totally. Kind of so thankfully, I didn't get the job. <laughs> I think one of the few times you can be happy about that. Um, and at the time, I was I was thinking of traveling for, I wanted to chase the sun for six months of mm. the year. That was kind of my one goal. I mean, that's the dream. Totally, right? especially in Saskatchewan with winter, which I love winter. But um, I just wanted to have a whole year of sunshine. And so I worked for the city of Saskatoon for actually it was nine years, almost a decade. I operated equipment for them, tractors oh, no and way. mowers and stuff, and huh. paid pretty well. Yeah, yeah. And I saved every penny. I'm type A, insane budgeter, there lots of spreadsheets. <laughs> to like you know what you're doing for toothpaste every month kind of thing. Totally. And using coupons on toothpaste to take a dollar off. Hey, (laughs) I mean, in these trying times, like, why not, right? (laughs) Totally. So I, yeah, I planned um, planned my first trip and realized how much of the world there is out there, how much I didn't know, how much there was to experience. I heard about places that I had no clue about, which are some of the most amazing, incredible historical places in the world, and I had never heard of them. And so I was just attracted to this insane lifestyle that travel can give you. It's the freedom of waking up every morning and wondering how what you're going to do today is going to change your life. Mm. And so, yeah, I decided to do a five-year travel plan. I was paying off student loans. I had $40,000 of student loan debt. So when I talk about dialing in my finances, it was shoestring budget traveling, tracking every penny while I traveled. I could tell you how much I spent on ice cream in every country. In different currencies, but it's all it's all in the spreadsheets. That's, that's a lot of Ritz crackers. <laughs> that's a lot of H-E-Band noodles, right? Totally. Uh, too yeah. funny. <laughs> For most people, this would sound uh, 
incredibly frightening. Uh, is it something that, you know, does travel and at that point, especially did it, did it scare you, but you, you know, were able to push yourself anyways and, and put yourself into a position for growth? Absolutely. Um, so I have high functioning anxiety too. So I feel like I was so stressed and anxious about most things, even though people would never look at me and think that. Um, but traveling solo through countries you have never been to where you have to learn the currency and the conversion and how to get around on pl- public transport, watching your bags all the time, figuring out where you're going every night. Definitely, um, you had to be aware of things and on top of things. But again, I loved it. And the reward and the knowledge and growth and confidence that I was able to, you know, grow and experience while I was traveling was amazing. And so today I could go hop on a plane solo and still be scared despite how many years I've spent on the road. But it is so worth it. And the people and adventures you have along the way just far outweigh any fear. Very cool. It's a rush you can't really duplicate, right? In terms of that travel. So if we if we bring it back here, uh, the Sipe Show, I think you're just such a great fit because you've explored so many parts of Saskatchewan, right? I mean, internationally traveled. How many countries are you at? Over sixty. I'm not sure exactly. Nuts. Though. <laughs> oh man, and every continent. Yes, I wanted to do Antarctica before I turned thirty. It was my last continent. So that good. was a big personal life goal. So I had the goal of 30 and 30, didn't get there. Like I'm pretty traveled, but like not even in the same universe compared to you. So I don't think I know anyone else who's uh, traveled to 60 countries. That's quite the feat. Um, but out, but outside of international travel, there's, there's so much to offer here locally, right? And throughout the pandemic, I think we had to look uh, at our own backyard and what that had to offer. If we bring it back even further. Uh, Let's talk about your opportunity as a Saskatchewan Wanderer, uh, which is the coolest position around. And were you the first one? No. No. So, um, yeah. So the Saskatchewan Wanderer is a really cool program. Um, The government of Saskatchewan hires a travel blogger to go around for a year and experience the best that Saskatchewan has to live, work, and play. And I was the fifth, fifth year, fourth year? There was there was a girl who did it for two years, so I always get I always can't remember, but I think it was the technically the fifth um, year of the Sask Wander program. It had for the first few years been just like a summer student program, and then the year before I got the position, it went to full year. So I stepped in in 2015 to take the role, and yeah, that was my I had started blogging on the Lost Girls Guide to Finding the World in 2013. And I was I was in Africa at the time I applied. I shot a video in Madagascar, actually. Um, wandered around the country shooting. I had scripted out a video and wandered around the country so sh- shooting. Like a tourism style. Well, just saying, here's why you should hire me. And then it was me oh, bouncing sweet. around doing all these things, being like, oh, I travel with the locals. I'm not afraid to right. be out, you know, in this national park hiking and camping. Or and eat this weird food, right? Totally, <laughs> Weird yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah. right? Um, so, yeah, I applied when I was in Madagascar. And actually, I interviewed when I was in Swaziland. That was very complicated trying to find internet in the country. Actually, I rented out a conference room in the only four-star hotel that I could find in the entire country just so I could do the Skype interview. And this is before Skype was kind of what it is now, mm-hmm. post-pandemic or I guess I don't know if we're post-pandemic. Well, I'd like to think so. Hey, that's the world I want to live in. (laughs) Yeah. And then I was just getting back from Safari and Kruger National Park in South Africa when they offered me the position. And for me, it was it was the opportunity to take my blog, which I was I was just doing for fun. It was just a passion project while I was traveling. People wanted to know 
how to do what I was doing. So it was a corner of the internet where I could teach and share that knowledge. And then this for me was the bridge to say, okay, I can step into this role, take every opportunity I can from it and see what I can do on the other side of this year that I get to Mm. go travel the province. So yeah. What were some of the highlights that Saskatchewan had to offer? You did so many cool things. And actually, funny enough, uh, I believe that's when we first crossed paths. You may not remember, but it was... uh, a snowbirds flight, okay, and so here I am with uh, with a reporter from CTV, and you were one of the the chosen ones, I suppose you could say, uh, that got a chance to ride in a snowbird. Yes, that that's was the coolest. That was one of my life highlights. That's oh, that was such an incredible experience. Um, I have several friends in the military, and they actually they're pilots out of Fifteen Wing in Moose Jaw, and when they saw I got the position, they reached out to me saying, "Let's see if we can make." this work on a media flight and and it worked out and I got to go up I think the flight was 56 minutes yeah and I got to fly you're <laughs> basically <snowbird>. Tom Cruise <laughs> it like. felt like it it felt like it <laughs> except I don't think Tom Cruise th- was throwing up okay was that was flying, my next question <laughs> okay yeah it's quite the shock to the system like they're pulling like crazy like 30 g's or something like that yeah it's nuts it's several g and like it's very hot in there because there's just you just have the glass window and you're doing some intense moves no barrel rolls or anything but you're banking really hard you have other jets literally within a couple feet of of mm-hmm. your jet and it's it's pretty intense and it was just so hot and i remember um the captain who i was flying with looked over at me and he was like how are you doing and i'm like nah, i don't know not not too good <laughs> not amazing. And, he, and he's like oh you look good like you look fine i'm like yeah i don't know if i am and he's He's like, we'll give you some more oxygen because then they like up the oxygen that they're feeding you through oh the mask. Goodness. And I just kept getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And I was like, this isn't good. I think I was feeling it from the ground, right? Like <laughs> yeah. it was it was nuts. It was Sarah Plowman was the reporter at CTV at the time. And so she went up and we put a couple GoPros up and uh, and shot takeoff. And then I kind of chilled for a bit and you guys came down maybe a little whiter than usual. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was just the coolest. And I think maybe that was my first like uh, introduction to your position. And, and it's like, wow, this is really cool. You get a chance to, like, is every day like this? I mean, that's a highlight, right? But um, any other Saskatchewan adventures that you were exposed to that, that maybe people wouldn't know about uh, or that stand out as highlights? I think for me, it was just the appreciation of having the time and space to go to so many different places. Um, I did do some really cool trips in the north. I did a fly-in fishing camp at Pine Island Resort. And then I actually also got to join a geological research team um, up even further north than that, north of Stony Rapids on like an island in the middle of a lake and I got to join them for almost a week and so to get to some of those remote destinations and even everybody thinks of Saskatchewan as grain fields but we're actually 51% forest Mm. and to head north in this province is something absolutely extraordinary that many people don't get the opportunity to and don't always appreciate how the access to nature and wildlife that we have here in Saskatchewan so Mm. those were cool experiences. No kidding Meadow Lake, Lorange even further north right Uh, that's really cool stuff. So maybe for those who are unfamiliar, The Lost Girls Guide, uh, how did this start? How did it get traction? It really took off. Maybe talk us through that story. Yeah, so The Lost Girls Guide to Finding the World is my brand that I work under through my blog and my social media. And it started when I was probably halfway through my travels. So many people were asking me about what I was doing that I decided to create this corner of the internet where I could kind of teach people, connect it to my background as a teacher. Um, And it was just a passion project where I was just 
writing out things that were living inside my head. And it takes a lot of work. Blogging takes an insane amount of hours. Um, but I love it. And I love to document and share that information in a space that I get to call my own. And it hasn't been, it's not like I've gone viral and, you know, I've, you know, I've had a couple of videos with over a million views, but it hasn't been crazy. It's just been consistent over the mm. years. So I just slowly chip away at it year after year after year and continue to put out what I hope is high quality, good content that people find valuable. And yeah, it's it seemed to work out so far. Continue to show up, right? I mean, because this is years, like when did you launch? Uh, late 2013. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a decade. <laughs> 10 year anniversary party? Like what oh do you think? Gosh. Hey, I, You know, I've never celebrated it ever. Nothing, oh, I think ever, it's worth never. It. You got to. Because if you're not celebrating success, I mean, what are we doing? Right? I know. I just, because I work by myself, I don't have employees. I've just never taken the time. Lots to, of partners. I feel see. many people would uh, be excited to share that with actually, you. Actually, probably. Yeah. That's actually a fun idea to think about. And like, it's just nice to get everybody in, in a room and especially now too. It's so nice to see people. It's an excuse. We had a little studio warming. T-Bone was there. It was a great <laughs> time, right? Yeah. So um, again, an excuse to bring our people together kind of thing. So um, from a business marketing standpoint, can you talk about the value of a blog? Um, Maybe in regards to SEO, keywords, tags, is is that still relevant? And and what is your experience there? It is hugely relevant. Um, So social media is also relevant, but things kind of come and go in social media. It's hard to search. It's hard to go back and look at things. Um, So while I do lots and lots of sponsored posts, particularly on Instagram, mainly there, um, my blog is also really important because when people are Googling how to do this, where to go, to see in those locations, they're pulling my blog up to read about it. So Instagram's not coming up for no, that stuff, right? Totally. Yeah. It's all on your blog. And so it does take a lot of time and effort and you can you can add affiliate links, you can put ads on your website. And if you have a massive blog, you can make some decent income on it. But mine's not that big. Um, but I do make a small amount of income from both of those. But it's really helpful when, you know, I might work with tourism boards and they bring me out. And then afterwards, I compile a blog post about my trip and I put it up on my blog. That's what they're looking for. Social media is great. But often they want something that's long lasting for people to access over the years, for not sure. just for a week. Because it's so fleeting, right? You put the stories up, they're gone, yep. right? And it's it's great to get in front of people on other platforms. But yep. yeah, I think the longevity of the blog, uh, nailing it for sure, even a YouTube vid or a vlog, um, Zuckerberg changes the rules and all of a sudden your Instagram's gone or whatever, right? I, I mean, that's so fleeting and like fragile in you a don't way. It's kind of scary, it. right? Totally. You own your website because you run it and you pay for it and you own your email list as well, right? Those are two things that are yours that nobody can take away from you. But if you lose your Instagram account because a post went sideways or somebody hacked it or it changes and your content isn't doing as good, mm. again, you need to be flexible or you need to have have other areas where you can diversify and say, well, I still have my blog and that's okay too. I could lose Instagram tomorrow and it wouldn't devastate my business, right? It's important to, to have that, I guess, the diversity in your business as well. And so to describe to our uh, listeners, what does that blog look like? It's it's likely got to include some travel pictures uh, as as those visuals can really help attract as well, right? And and you know, is it a is it a thousand words? Like, uh, do you have a goal in mind? Is there a sweet spot? 
Um, yeah, so lots of photos. Um, but my blogs tend to be on the longer side, usually well over a thousand words, just because I'm I'm very thorough. And so I'll tell all my clients, oh, you'll get a 500 word blog post. And then mm. it's like 1500 or 2000 yeah, words. Yeah, yeah. But it's all segmented. So it's easy to scroll through and mm. go through. And there's there's a, you know, at the top, you can pick what you want to read out of it, or you can read the whole thing. So right. it's just really easy to look at and read and access and lots of pictures because I can I can write about things. And the writing I do on my blog is isn't isn't the same as the writing I do for magazines. Blog writing is very straight to the point, factual details that people need to know. Mm. Writing in a magazine is telling a story. Mm. So there's a difference in that too. So you want it to be very helpful information for people. I love that. Uh, Two different voices depending on the application, right? So one's a little bit more colorful, sell the sizzle, talk about the experience, and the other one's a little bit more, uh, you know, Uh, Googleable. Let's make that a phrase, hey? terms of stats, locations, you're really targeting those keywords, I suppose. Yep. And then I think about what people are always asking of me, how to, where to, what would you buy? Mm. Would you recommend this? And then, you know, I have a blog post about my favorite fleece-lined leggings, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which sounds ridiculous, but I spend a lot of time in fleece-lined <laughs> leggings doing winter activities. And turns out everyone else does too. And, and they're really excited to learn yeah. about fleece-lined leggings. And still some of the affiliate links on there, even in the middle of summer, people are buying from Hmm. them right so it's just it's sometimes the weirdest things that you write about but that people really want to know well maybe (laughs) it's because it's a niche now all of a sudden totally yeah very cool yeah (laughs) so you have many talents right so we're writing uh you know there's opportunity for photography on the road um vlogs like you've done some commercials uh influencer uh as well would you identify as an as an influencer then yeah is is that like an accurate title (laughs) excuse me it is um it became a it was a byproduct of what i was already doing it wasn't anything i started out to do or become it just happened and for me how i define an influencer is somebody who's an expert in a niche area and interest Mm. and that's what i am for solo female travel outdoor adventure travel and then of course Saskatchewan so I was just creating content about the things I was really passionate about so it comes across as authentic and genuine because yeah, yeah it's me huge and I just kind of fell into the position and it's worked out because it's it's a great part of my income every year and I appreciate it and people now really understand what what the ads are that I'm putting out there right. too so so it's come a long way too. yeah I, I really like uh, that angle in terms of like hey look I'm an expert in this in this area I have a bit of a following or an audience right and and now this partnership makes sense I feel like that's not always the case with with maybe others but uh, but that's that's really cool the approach that you're taking there um, can you can you maybe break down some of uh, or maybe even like a day in the life of course it's quite different but maybe in terms of working with bigger brands, uh, I read NFL, McDonald's, like these are huge brands. Yeah, it's been very exciting. Um, so I'm very fortunate. A lot of them have approached me. Now, it can be one of two different ways. Either it's the brand directly approaching you or it's a PR agency on behalf of the brand approaching right. you. And so they usually shoot you an email. They're interested in working and they'll. you can... I usually ask kind of what their angle is or what the product is that they're promoting or what what they're wanting. And then they usually have, you know, a a document that outlines 
everything they're looking for because sometimes it is a very specific new drink that they've come out with or it's just general awareness. And then I decide, can I fit this into my life naturally? Am I curious about it or interested and want Mm. to learn more? Or am I already using these products and excited to continue using and share them with everybody? Um, So then it usually gets to the contract stage where you negotiate and there's all sorts of things. You're negotiating, obviously, the, the wage that you're getting, but then there's exclusivity, there's whitelisting on social media, so they might run ads off of your profile. Um, and then, yeah, like the exclusivity, not being able to work with other brands for a certain amount of time, mm. depending how long you're working with them. There's just a lot of different steps to it. So it gets very technical mm-hmm. with a lot of the legal contracts, and you want to make sure you read everything in there. There's um, more to it than just a reel, say. Oh, there's so much more to it. The reel's like almost, the I least, shouldn't say the easiest part, sure, but, but yeah. possibly though, especially if that's what maybe you're good at, totally. right? And, and all the legalities and the management of it all is is maybe second nature. Um, yeah, I can see how that could be overwhelming, especially with big brands and a lot of paper and levels of manager, uh, sorry, management, that totally. kind of thing. And even knowing what you can negotiate for. And I think that's the most important thing is sometimes these companies are asking for the world and you don't have to give them that or they need to pay for that. So, you know, even, even recently I had a contract where they kind of tried to sneak something in there and I negotiated an extra $1,000 mm. because I was like, oh, this wasn't this part of the of agreement. Yeah. yeah. So we need to renegotiate this. And, right and they went for it. Right. So negotiation is so powerful and it's something I've been learning along the way. And it's intimidating, too. But especially when you're learning your worth and yep. all of that good stuff. So that's yep. huge. There's a couple of lessons there. Right. Yes. Know your worth and negotiation and persuasion, all that good stuff. Um You've explored so many parts of the world and so many incredible, cool places, uh, but Saskatoon remains your home. Let's talk about that. Lucky us. Yeah. Um, I love Saskatoon. Um, I don't know. It just has so much to offer, and all my family and friends are here. It's about community, and I feel like over the years I've built up a really, in my opinion, awesome community. I love the people in my life. and. I don't know. It's it's easy to pop off to anywhere from here too, right? Whether that's mm. in Saskatchewan where you can drive to or to the mountains. We're literally seven hours away from Banff, which is incredible. Like that's... I mean, here's a like world wonder, right? And uh, seven hours sounds like a lot to maybe someone from the States or where it's a little bit more congested, right? But yeah. I, I feel like we could do it in a weekend and don't really think about it, right? So... Totally. Um, no, that's that's awesome. Um you talked about your network. Uh, so SIPE, Saskatchewan Young Professionals and Entrepreneurs, a big part of what we do is bringing business professionals together through our events, right? And the idea is to grow that community, uh, to hang out, to have some laughs, and maybe do so, uh, build some business, but in a less formal way. Um, so you talked about your network. You've had a chance to meet so many incredible people and to grow your network. Um, maybe just talk about the importance. You have a chance now to look back after some success, some great success, really. And and maybe there's a chance to look back and say, hey, if I didn't go for that lunch or if I didn't reach out or if I didn't answer that one phone call or whatever, it wouldn't have led me to, to this job, which then, you know how it goes, right? Yep. And so can you speak a little bit to the importance of building that network, your network being your net worth? Oh my gosh, it is so important. And I'm a little bit introverted with high functioning anxiety. So to go to events is such a stressful thing for me, even though I'm also extroverted. Once I get there and get comfortable, it's 
amazing, but to get myself there is really difficult. But looking back, the the connections I have made, I still continue to work with like with clients and companies that I met during my years as Ask Wanderer. Mm. I've continued to build on those relationships. I have a partnership with CAA. I've written for their magazine nearly every quarter since I was this Ask Wanderer. Nice. And it was because when I was this Ask Wanderer, I asked if I could write for them for free because mm. they were a sponsor of the program. And I was willing to put time and effort in to give them something that would hopefully be valuable for their magazine. And now I have worked with them for over seven years and have, and they've sent me on trips to Germany on a cruise down the Danube and to like a 10 day trip in Newfoundland. Like the partnership from them has been absolutely incredible. Plus I love just writing for their magazine as well. And even my connection with tourism Saskatchewan, Mm. I work with them every year and All the time I go to events, I meet somebody and whether it's literally like a month later or years later, Mm -hmm. it's shocking those weak connections, how powerful they can be. I'm continuously working with repeat clients over the years and it's just, it's so amazing and I'm so appreciative of it. That's awesome. I think that's definitely like a sweet spot where you can kind of start looking year over year at what your client base or what part of that yearly annual income could look like. Um, that's pretty cool. It speaks to, you know, your performance and the value that you're bringing. If you can, of course, retain these clients and work on an annual basis. How important do you think it is um, if we talk about your your path again? There's there's been some some twists and turns, and you're able to skill stack and use you know your your education background to leverage writing skills and communication, right? And then your desire and passion for travel, and uh, you know some of your vis- visual skill sets. But I guess my question being, uh, with young professionals, it's not always a clear straight shot path uh, or entrepreneurs. Maybe talk about the importance of keeping your eyes open and having that ability to, uh, I hate to use the word pivot. I think it was maybe overused uh, in COVID times, but to just, again, keep your eyes open. I think a good term is be flexible. Mm. And I think that's so important. And because my day is so different every day, sometimes I'm literally like creative writing from bed. Sometimes it's from my tent or the back of my vehicle on the side of the road or like angled weirdly in my SUV (laughs) plugged into my cigarette lighter to keep things charged. How cool is Um, it that you can work on the go though? Totally. I love it. It's pros and cons, I suppose. Yes. Yes, but still, it's so amazing to be flexible. And I just think it's so important to... When, when you come up against a wall and it feels like a struggle to just take a step back and think around, okay, why is this challenging? Why is it scaring me? Usually when I'm scared by something, that usually means I need to do it because it's pushing my comfort zone, which is always a good thing to Love keep that. pushing at that. Um, but it's it's not easy, but that's when you learn and grow the most. And then looking back, you can see what you were learning in that moment too. So it can be tricky, especially when things are changing or they're out of your control. But um, I'm really lucky. And I think travel has taught this to me too, just being able to say, okay, plan A, B, C, and D didn't work out, but there's still X, Y, Z, and one, two, three behind Mm. that. There's always some way you can think around it. And for me, it's almost like a fun game to be like, okay, this is blowing up in my face, but what can I take from it? How can I fix it? And how can I spin it? and every, be flexible. Every problem has a solution type approach. Uh, does that optimism ever get uh, tiring? 
Um, it comes naturally to me. Amazing. And then, like, you have your bad days or your frustrating days or, you know, when things just feel a little bit overwhelming. But um, there's always some sort of silver lining somewhere. And I think the fact that everybody is where they are today is proof that we have all been able to get through the mm-hmm. challenges in the past. And we've come out the other side. Hopefully, always a better mm-hmm. person. Or with a lesson learned. Yeah. Um, okay. So what's what's hot? What's next? What's exciting in, in your world here? So this summer was pretty big for me. Um, I've always wanted to get to the Athabasca sand dunes. So if you're not familiar, they are the most northerly sand dunes in the world, and they're located here in the northwest of Saskatchewan. Very difficult and quite expensive to get to. You have to drive 13 and a half hours up to Stony Rapids, mainly gravel roads, often get flat tires. We got two. That sounds amazing. Sign me up, right? Totally. (laughs) And then you hop on a float plane, and you fly an hour and a half to the west, and then they drop you off on the shoreline of Lake Athabasca, which is a massive lake. It kind of has its own little weather system. It's Mm -hmm. so big. It's the fourth, actually, largest inland lake in Canada. And they just leave you there for 10 days. And then you set up camp, and you go to these sand dunes, which... While this is this is actually like a moist dune, not a dry desert, mm. but it looks just like the Sahara Desert or the Namib Desert. Like it's wow. incredible. These dunes are like 35 meters high, a kilometer and a half long. We had to hike to a river and do a river crossing and then do another five kilometers of hiking just to get to them. Super remote. Absolutely incredible. Like Seriously. It, it was like a trip of a lifetime. And I got to bring my mom. She's no 68. Way. Oh, that's awesome. Her first time backcountry camping, tenting, canoeing. And she just killed it. She crushed it. Like I could so good. I could not believe it. She was so amazing out there. Following you online over the years, you've had a few adventures with your mom, which yeah. I always thought was just the coolest. Uh, so she's quite a trooper. And, and I mean, is this you kind of pushing mom along or is she excited about this stuff? She is so curious and adventurous and excited, but doesn't always hasn't always had the opportunities. Mm. So she's been able to come along with me. We've actually we've been to six continents together yeah. and she's joined me on work trips. Like she came to Turkey and Greece with me for two or three weeks. And we went through Europe and Peru and Chile. We went to Easter Island together. My, my mm. dad comes along on a lot of these, too, but yeah. she comes on on more of the trips and she was nervous because she would be the oldest one on the trip and didn't know you know was really worried about could she keep up with everybody but oh my god we had finished hiking 13 and a half kilometers her with her backpack on we arrived really late into her where we were going to set up camp for the night and I turn around and she's literally dragging in firewood with her backpack on (laughs) right I was like oh my god mom you kill me this is unreal and she just had the biggest grin on her face ever (laughs) like this is unbelievable full-on survival mode she's amazing so just such a trooper always excited to come along and hang out and experience everything so it's been such a wonderful privilege to be able to have a relationship with her like that no kidding so maybe uh, i mean you're 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 working all the time it seems like you're really go go right uh some of the things that maybe keep you grounded, I can see that one's, you know, family, but you have some some fitness and, and some goals there uh, as you train for a triathlon. Crazy. I guess so. Oh, man. I technically haven't signed up for the triathlon that I really want to do, but I will. It's in like two and a half weeks, so I better sign up for it. <laughs> Should we be training like tonight? I actually, I'm going to go for a run Oh, no way. Too. Okay, yeah. we won't keep you I haven't been hard. running enough. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, I am, like I said, a jack of all trades and I like to do things and kind of get to a point of mastery with them and then I kind of move on to other things so like it started with running and then it was backcountry hiking and camping and then it was whitewater canoeing and 
then I got a bike and it was biking and now I hate swimming, but I'm like, well, let's do triathlon. So maybe you'll love swimming. And it just keeps me going, keeps things new and fresh. I can explore old trails in new ways, whether it's on a bike or hiking or backcountry camping. And it's just so much fun to learn and push myself. Sometimes it scares me. Like I really hate swimming, but like I did, I swam 4,000 yards in Candle Lake last weekend because I was like, well, I guess I better do this. So I don't know. It's just this weird thing that I like to do that keeps me I don't know, keeps me going, I guess. And fitness, fitness is like a decompression. For sure. There's a big release there, totally. right? Totally, yeah. So if you're not running or swimming, maybe you're vibrating extra fast, right? Like Totally. I get a pounded out on the pavement. or mm. And like when I pedal, it's like as fast as I can. There's no slow mode with me. It's like, can I get to this appointment faster than I did last time? Yeah, like yeah. it's always a challenge. <laughs> just constantly in fight or flight, hey? Yeah. I love it. Uh, actually, this just reminds me. Uh, it was years ago you, you did a, a bit of a series on running in the winter. And I was oh, always yeah. a seasonal runner. And you totally opened my eyes. And I was like, okay, Ashlyn runs in the winter. Maybe I could suck it up also. And you're like, hey, look, your toes don't get cold. I've never fallen. Like, everything's going to be fine, right? And totally. so, yeah, it was like minus 35 depths of winter. I was like, this is this is it. I'm going. Yes. And I went. Yes. A- yeah, and it was it was a big thanks to you. So uh, I appreciate that. And, and I'm sure there's – you have a huge audience of, of people that you're educating all the time, right? And so do you get a chance to see that impact? Uh, do you maybe get some messages like, oh, you know what? We read your blog, and we went out to Athabasca Sand Dunes, and it was the best, just like you said, and now we're going to go to these other recommendations. Uh, is that kind of constant feedback that you get? That is the most rewarding part of my job when somebody can discover something that I like. And I like all sorts of things. I love roadside attractions and I love big, amazing things like the Athabasca Sand Dunes, too. But I I find joy in the little things genuinely. And so when other people can find that, too, and know, hey, this is our backyard, but we have really cool things here and it's so awesome to explore. And when I hear from others that they were able to have those experiences, too, it's just so cool because people forget to look around them, especially when you live somewhere. You forget to be a tourist in your own backyard. And Mm. so, yeah, those are the best messages that I receive. I love it. I screenshot them and then I have a little folder of like really kind comments from people to pick me up on the bad days. Yeah, Yeah, totally. That's some good ammo for those hard days for sure. I've never actually sat down and written a business plan. I feel like I shouldn't admit that, but it's the honest truth. Um, I never really knew what I wanted to do or how I wanted it to look when I started all of this. I had some ideas, but I didn't I couldn't put it down on paper because I really didn't know what I was building at the time. Um, And so I've just kind of gone with the flow, taken opportunities, said yes as often as I could, especially when it terrified me, and continued to build and put myself out there. And I'm, I'm very assertive. Sometimes I push a little bit too. Like I go after things. And so I think that's helped me along the way. And then Another thing I've done that has just given me so much peace of mind considering I literally don't know how much money I'm going to make next month Mm -hmm. and I don't have a lot of contracts lined up, but I was able to save enough to live a year ahead of myself. Amazing. So I save enough for 12 months ahead of me at any point in time. So if for 12 months... I didn't get one drop of work. It's okay because I have my bases covered. It's not a lot of money, but it's enough to make me feel cushioned and comfortable by Mm -hmm. that. And so as long as I can keep that kind of padding for 12 months going, it gives me a little bit less anxiety about what's happening in the current moment. 
That's so a, it's a fantastic strategy uh, that you know some businesses use, and and some maybe it's three months or six. Like twelve is amazing. Yeah. Uh, so and I think you know after these last trying times, uh, it becomes more and more. Uh, valuable or I guess crucial to have a safety net like that, right? So good on you. Very smart. Not uh, all entrepreneurs have that discipline. So that's pretty cool. Um, do you have any tips for maybe young entrepreneurs? You've built uh, just an incredible personal brand, right? So Ashlyn George and you think travel and you think the, you know, the great outdoors, right? And so would you have any advice for, for someone maybe starting out, not necessarily um, in the uh, travel blog world, but just maybe a young uh, uh, entrepreneur or solopreneur? Absolutely. I think... Um Know what you want and know what you're passionate about. And I, I joke that the only thing has kept me going and is why I'm here today is because I was just too stubborn to give up. And so when I, you know, I say it like that, but I also mean like know what you're going after, know your why you're going after it. And then when people challenge you, because they will, like people, people used to ask me when I was going to settle down and get a real job. And mm. I was like, this, this is my job. It's yeah. just different than it looks to most people and even my dad was one of the hardest ones to convince and he was like what are you doing <laughs> with your life um and now he's my biggest advocate now that he's kind of seen and understand it but i, I built some trust right yes. and some confidence and and, and i pushed for it totally. and i and i said i'm not being ridiculous i'm not just going after nothing here's i guess it wasn't a business plan on paper but i was like here's what i'm doing here's what i'm hoping for and here's why I'm hoping it'll work because this and this and this is still happening and I'm going after this. So I think just knowing that, know what you're passionate about, go after it and stand your ground, but have good answers for why you're standing your ground. And I think that'll push back at people and they'll respect you for it. There's an incredible answer, first of all. Uh, amazing. Uh, you know what? But there's something to be said, I think, about a generational gap, right? So work the 40 years, get the watch, you know, retire, drive off into the sunset kind of thing. And, you know, your path couldn't be further from that, right? So maybe sometimes it's a little hard for those past generations to to get on board, but you're crushing it. And, uh, and now dad's your biggest fan. So that's the coolest. I love that story. Um, okay, speed round. Uh, you have a time machine. And you have an opportunity to go back 40 years or ahead 40 years. Where are we going? Forward 40 years. Forward, hey? Yeah. It kind of feels like it could be scary out there. Yeah, but exciting. The the advancements we've had in the last 40 years, what's coming mm. in the next? And like, That's like you can read, me up, Scotty. Yeah, you can read history right? books about the past. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. let's see what's going on in the future. I'm so true, curious. True. I always got to flip that next page, go around that next corner. I love that. Good work, team. Uh, okay, your last meal on earth. An appetizer of sushi. Ooh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, are we talking like uh, the Bay in San Fran or is this like BC? Probably real authentic Japanese. Ooh, yeah. there we go. As fresh as can be. Um, probably a nice big steak cooked blue rare. So it's like, it's blue warm, rare. but it's, go. yeah, but it's most people Still are kind of grossed like out by it. Still mooing on the inside. Yeah, yeah. But it's got to be warm. Um, 
I'm not sure what I feel like I'm supposed to pick a veggie, but honestly, I'm more of a sweets person and just want like all the candy and things. But for dessert, actually, there was a restaurant in Edmonton and they had mm. this Italian chocolate cake. I can't even remember what it's called, but it was to die for. It I don't I don't want dry chocolate cake. It's like it's almost like a mud cake where it's oh, just yeah, really yeah. moist and chocolatey Huge. and like divine. <laughs> so, so, it's a mix of things, I realize. But I think that speaks to me totally. just liking a bunch of different things. And uh, taken from different parts and corners of the world, right? I knew I had to ask you something about uh, food um, with your travels in mind. So, um, okay, what else we got? Uh, Is there a book that maybe you've read uh, more than once or do you have one that you keep coming back to? (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like I should have some really clever reply of some like self-improvement, self-help book. Mm -hmm. But man, I love sci-fi and fantasy. There you go. (laughs) I mean, you're in business all day long. Here's your opportunity to release a bit, right? And when I was a kid, reading was the ultimate in travel. And Mm. it is extraordinary that not only can a book take you to other places in the world, it can take you like entirely other places that somebody has sat down and written and built these incredible worlds. So I love, that. I love some sci-fi and fantasy just to escape into it and and really appreciate people's creativity. That's so what were you like mind. a Harry Potter girl growing up? Oh yeah. And like the Wheel of Time and Lord of mm. the Rings and honestly like anything. All of it. Yes. And Michael Crichton's my favorite. He does such an excellent job weaving like science and sci-fi together. Like his bibliographies in the back of the book are incredible, but then he builds on real science to create just these really cool worlds. Yeah. yeah, too. yeah. It takes so. it one step further. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Lord of the Rings. Curse and I, we have been to Hobbiton in New Zealand. You as well. Yeah. Of course. Why not? Hey, uh, did you do the feast? No, I didn't. I didn't okay. do good. Yeah, so it's like uh, the feast for a hobbit, and you have it at the Green Dragon, and you like sling drinks, and you eat with your hands. It's a whole thing. Oh my gosh, yeah. that is so cool. I actually, so I gotta go back. Totally. And actually, I did the Tongariro Crossing while I was there because okay. you can climb Mount Nauhoe, which is actually Mount Doom. Mm. So it's like this massive twenty-one kilometer hike. It was the longest hike I had ever done in my life up until that point. And yeah, if you get to this point on the trail before nine a.m., you can climb Mount Doom, and then of course you like pretended to like throw. Ring yeah, in yeah, and, like yeah, yeah. the whole thing, but I thought it was really cool. <laughs> oh, it's so cool! And I couldn't believe, like, I was expecting like three hobbit holes, but there was like forty. I know it was nuts, and a whole village as far as you could see, kind of thing. Totally incredible! And I was there shortly after they had actually filmed The Hobbit, mm. and so they still had lots of it still put together. It was fresh, yeah. Yeah, it was unreal. Very, it was cool. very cool. Very cool. Okay, well, I think that about wraps speed round. Uh, you're an inspiration to so many, and I think it's just the coolest that you had a chance to, to stop by the show in between your travels. Thanks for carving out the time. Is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with today? I think just always being open and receptive to change because that is one of the constants in life and business and work and knowing that just because it worked today doesn't mean it'll work to be work tomorrow and just be open to that because that's the hardest part of anything you'll ever do is being good at something, having it change, and then having to be flexible. Love it. Thanks so much, Ashlyn. Uh, good luck in all of your travels, safe travels. And uh, yeah, don't ever lose that spirit. It's, again, inspiring to many. So thanks again for being on the show. Thank you so much. Well, that was an absolute treat. Thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Chris Sikorsky, proud site board member and owner of Sick Picks Productions. I'll leave you with a quote from Richard Branson. Business opportunities are like buses. There is always another one coming. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow Sipe on our social media platforms and stay in the loop. Till next time, cheers team.
The Sipe Show. Be sure to subscribe for more info on Sipe, our events, and how to access professional volunteer and community opportunities in Saskatchewan. Visit sype.ca. Produced at Sound Lounge by T-Bone.